Hello there, and welcome to episode 91 of the Gaming Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, video games. My name is Andrew. And I'm Adam. And it's just the two of us today on a very odd occasion, because we are going to be doing our backlog power hour on the game Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff and Derek were not able to make it tonight, but I do have some of their thoughts, at least very, very brief thoughts <laughs> on the game. Uh, so it's just going to be the two of us. It should be a fun time regardless. Yeah, it's usually a good conversation with just the two of us, isn't it, anyway? Yeah, we are of like mind. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to get right out of the way with our shark bites. Adam, I believe you have a very exciting shark bite for the for us internally, at least. Yeah, I finally broke down and got Game Pass. You say broke down as if it was like a <laughs> grueling decision. Well, I was eventually going to do it, but uh, Hellblade, the game we're talking about today, is in fact on Game Pass. And I also, there's a deal going on where I got three months of it for a dollar. Yeah. So the, at the very least, I'm getting a massive amount of value if I just play a crap ton of games over the next three months and I pay it a dollar for them. So Yeah, and now you'll have it for the rest of your life because the value that you'll get is just insane. Mm-hmm. It's only 10 bucks a month. It's really not that bad. Have you downloaded any particular games first other than Hellblade to try out? I downloaded Dead Cells and Hades so far. Ooh, okay. Yeah, well, Jeff will definitely be excited about the Hades one. I've never personally yeah. played Dead Cells, but I've heard good things. Maybe uh, I, I should I, download it because it's on Game Pass. It is, yeah. I started playing Dead Cells already. It's a, it's a fun little roguelike. Probably switch it up and play a little bit of Hades later. Uh, I also downloaded Prey because my friend Dwayne has been trying to get me to play Prey for like well over a year now. Yeah, isn't that the other Arcane game? I think it's Arcane, yeah. Yeah, because I heard I heard a lot of like after Deathloop came out, I heard a lot of really good things about like people are like, yeah, guess what? Arcane is really good, and you should play Prey. Yeah, Arcane does a good job of what they make. Yeah, it definitely so, has that like that very that that, that I, I don't know that, uh, blinky that feel. Fe- yeah, that feel to it. You can't really explain it unless you play it. Yeah. But there's a number of other games that now you have to try before the end of the year. Free game of the yeah, year stuff. Yeah, true. Very stuff true. Like, uh, I think I just I was just telling you It Takes Two is on there. I believe uh, the medium. No, that actually, you don't, I'm just going down the list of, <laughs> of games that you don't have to play the medium. Uh, <laughs> but I think. Um, well, listen, I'm looking at the list now, actually. Yeah, Psychonauts Sorry. 2 is on there. Um, Back for Blood, Blood, I can, can, get, I can get in on that with you guys. Yeah, yeah. This, Even I'm gonna Halo, be, which just came out. Yeah, I'm gonna be joining in on some fun stuff with you guys soon. So yeah, it's gonna be gonna be sweet. I'll be done. I'll be done with classes before long, so that I can actually like relax a little bit. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm super proud of you. You do, you're doing it. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing <laughs> it, boys. Uh, well, since it's just the two of us, and I can't decide what I want to do for my shark bite, I'm gonna hit us with a triple header of shark oh. bites number one arcane the show the league of legends show on netflix have you been so watching good. it yes i've seen it all so far it's yeah, so good we are currently as of recording this uh two-thirds of the way through the show's release uh it's being released in chunks of three episodes which are all yeah. broken up into their own acts of the show which i actually find really cool it's like every time they release a chunk it's like its own contained arc of the story which is really awesome like, like own little mini seasons yeah, you know, it's it's like it's a very I, interesting way to segment the story. I've and never really I've never really thought about doing a TV show like that, but it's cool. Uh, mm. And as for the League of Legends of it all, it is very cool 
seeing all of the champions and the lore being explored in this new medium. And I'm super pumped for whatever they do in the future because the League of Legends lore has always been dense and rich, uh, but a lot of players won't really get to experience it because they don't play League of Legends for the lore. They play it for League of Legends. And, and sometimes the lore doesn't really express itself very well in the gameplay itself and so now using this and and who whatever they do in the future you know the ruined king game just came out too i haven't gotten a chance to play it yet but it's like getting to explore the stories of all of these characters and see their relationships it's like it's such an exciting prospect yeah like aside game. from aside from the, like the little written stories they do online it took them a long time to finally realize we have all this lore why are we not doing any other games or things with this yeah like, there's just so much to explore. And I'm with you. I'm very excited for if they decide to continue on the uh, like the animated aspect of it. Like, what, like the limitless amount of stories you could tell with this. Oh, for sure. Like, I, like hope, with, the, I hope they're already working on whatever their next show is going to be. Yeah, do so you think they'd continue the Piltover and Zahn story? Or they just completely shift gear into a different region, you think? I mean, I guess it would. Ha- it depends on how, you know, how this story ends. Because this could... could end with such finality that maybe they don't go back to, to Piltover Zon. I know there's so many, like just in the other cities alone, there's a lot of stuff to explore with like Ionia, like the Ionian War and like the uh, the Demasi and Magic uh, conflict. Uh, you, you, could, you could do such a cool uh, animated show based off uh, Lux and Silas. Yeah, even the... That would be a really interesting dynamic to explore. All of the stuff with the Shadow Isles. There's so much there. And they, they're inventing new regions and such as we speak, so it's like the, there's limitless potential. Mm-hmm. yeah so so many cool ways we can go with this yeah uh so i'm very excited for arcane that's wrapping up this weekend um the second of my three shark bites is halo infinite which just released uh surprise on to the 20th anniversary of the xbox and halo they uh dropped the halo infinite season one of multiplayer uh, yeah, so it's just the multiplayer, right? Correct. So the campaign and the game itself will fully launch on the 8th as previously scheduled, but they decided to surprise us uh, with the multiplayer release on Monday, and I've been playing it a lot, and that's it comes almost as a surprise to me because I have historically kind of poo-pooed Halo for not being really my flavor of game, and especially yeah, not my are. flavor of shooter, and here I am, you know, near addicted to it. It's just, I mean, like, I think it's, I've been talking to Jeff about it, and it is the most modernized version of Halo in a really good way, right? Like, I know people didn't really like the the last couple of Halos, um, but all of my experience playing the games previously has been through playing Halo 3 with Jeff and his friends, and that has always been a little bit jarring for me because they have such a rich history with the game and they know the ins and outs and I know nothing. So going in, I feel like such an outsider and like, and like they're throwing out all this terminology, like doing all of this stuff that they've known for years. And I'm still trying to figure out what the controls are. And yeah, so, know, right? and so now us all entering this halo infinite landscape at the same time. And with the modernizations that they've made to the game's formula, I've been enjoying it much, much more. Uh, so I'm pleased to say I like Halo now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just started downloading it. Actually, I'm gonna yeah, give it a shot. I'm, I'm excited for you to to play it with us. Maybe we can play a little bit after this. Ooh, maybe um, I have some dinner, but we'll ah, see. who needs to eat when you can play Halo? Mm, you make a make a strong argument. <laughs> 
Yeah, but in terms of, uh, like, part of the thing that clicked with me is I was able to understand, I think, like, the things that makes Halo special in that it is the most sandboxy and creative shooter I've ever played, you know, outside of the of character shooters like Overwatch, right, where the, the abilities really make that game, and that's what makes it a creative space, but, like, in terms of Halo, it's like on the map, there's with the combination of the different weapons and the vehicles that are around, you can kind of do whatever you want in the game. And now with the changes they've made to the physics system in Halo Infinite, it's like there's so many different ways that a match can play out, so many cool moments that can occur. And like, you know, there's just, it's so much larger of, of a possibility uh, well than like a Call of Duty, for example, where it's like in Call of Duty, you have one objective, you spawn, you run to shoot a person, and then you die. And you can still do that in Halo, or you can stop and like drive a, a fucking mongoose around. There's a there's a, a version of the mongoose, which is basically this golf cart, and they call it a gun goose because it has guns. So it's like... Why not? Yeah, it's like, the, it's 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 pretty amazing. I'm, I'm very glad that I came around on it, uh, because I think that uh, myself and the rest of us will be playing this for a long time and i hope that i hope that you are able to join us too so yeah i'm gonna give it a shot i'm canonically not very great at shooters but hey practice makes perfect yeah and you don't need to be great because we're just gonna get together with a bunch of guys and shoot the shit yeah exactly so very excited about this um and then my last shark bite is that the game awards got revealed or the nominations for the game awards got revealed this week uh and it's pretty much exactly as we expected. You know, there are, I think this is the game awards. This is the year that kind of broke me in a sense where like every time the game awards come around, I get excited and I start thinking to myself like, Oh, I can't wait for it to like, see what games get announced. But then once those games get nominated, I end up like feeling disappointed. Right. Because I'm like, okay, well, I don't really agree with a majority of these and I don't really understand even their decision-making process. So this is the year that I'm kind of like, okay, going forward, I give zero shits about what comes out of the game awards other than the new games they're going to announce, which is always exciting. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the fun part. I don't care who wins. Yeah. Honestly, I just want to see the announcements cause we're going to get some cool stuff probably. Yeah. I mean, it's always been wild. It's like, there's been a lot of head scratchers in the last few years about which games do or do not get nominated and what certain categories do or do not mean. Like I've never understood their art direction category. I've never understood their game direction category. And it's like the rules aren't really defined, which is something that we try to rectify with our own award show. And I think we've done a pretty good job with it, but for the Game Awards themselves, it's like, I I understand also that they vote by panel from games journalists and games industries and and outlets, but, like, I still don't understand how that all comes together into what ends up being the final nominations. It's like, Deathloop got nominated for Best Narrative, that game doesn't even have a story. Like, you know, it's, it's weird. 12 Minutes, a game that we shit on for 30 minutes straight, got nominated for Best Indie. So it's like, I just, I personally disagree with a lot of the things, and I also can't really fathom how they got to those conclusions. So, yeah, I mean, going forward, I'll put a little less stake in it. But for the sake of of playing into it, the Game of the Year nominees this year are Metroid Dread, uh, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Ratchet & Clank, uh, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. So, pretty decent list. Not 
what I would personally have nominated, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's some good ones on there. I played half of them, which is interesting for me. Yeah, that is before. that is something that I do pride myself on nowadays. Is I, I have played all of those games, so at least I'm able to form an educated opinion on why I think or do not think that those games should be nominated. So, at yeah. least there's that. But that's gonna about just gonna about just gonna about do it for the shark bites. So Adam. Why don't we jump right into Hellblade? Yeah, this so, is a freaky. This is a freaky game, man. Oh yeah. So for those who don't know, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice is a game made by Ninja Theory. It was released in 2017, uh, and it is essentially a visual novel in a sense, but it is a large depiction of psychosis. Uh, so this game had a purpose from the outset, which was to depict psychosis and and like mental trauma in that way uh and i think it does a fantastic job doing that um but before we get really into the nitty-gritty of it adam why don't you tell me how you felt overall about the game uh it started off a bit slow for me but once you get into the groove of it it really does it does exactly like you say it does what it sets out to do so uh i thought overall it's just an amazingly crafted game yeah. Uh, only only real drawback I had to is that you know some of the actual gameplay felt a little repetitive over time, but the story is really yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's the main takeaway for most of us uh, with this is that like in terms of its vision, its creative vision, and its and how it represents the psychosis that it is uh, that it's going for, it does it amazingly. Like it's, I I felt every artistic decision in this game was so creative and i was drawn in a lot of the time to like every little intricacy that they throw in you know to the voices that you are constantly hearing you know that are scattered layered like coming in through the 3d space in your headphones did you play with headphones oh yeah of course i play with headphones oh, i don't have yeah. a speaker well i actually okay. don't have a speaker on my desk either so everything well, i do is for headphones well the the be- better for it because this game uses 3d sound amazingly the voices always surrounding you, which will, uh, will, like, they're often conflicting with themselves, too, which is such a neat touch where one voice will tell you to do something, the other voice will tell you not to do it, but they're also, like, the same voice, you know? Uh, and, like, in combat, there are sometimes uh, the voice will tell you when an enemy's behind you because there's no HUD in this game, which is another really cool touch. Yeah. Um, so if you're in combat sometimes the voices will say behind you and sometimes they just lie you know <laughs> it's oh yeah i picked up on that a little bit like you dodge and there's nothing there yeah it's i thought that was really awesome there's a lot of cutscenes where the camera is rotating around senua and sometimes she'll look directly into the camera and it feels like she's staring into my soul and it's like i felt that it was often difficult to determine whose perspective we're seeing the game from, whether it's ours or Senua's or like a third party. And I thought that was a really awesome touch. It's just, it, I thought this is a very well-directed game. But it's, I, but like you said, I agree that it is like the gameplay itself is could like left, maybe left a little bit to be desired, you know? Like it, it does what it wanted to do well. I feel like, Especially like the combat mechanics are pretty fluid. Yeah, the, oh, problem the combat is just, was my favorite part of the yeah, game. Yeah, the combat was really cool the way you have to do it, but like overall, like the the puzzling part of the game, it's basically just the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and I thought it was With a neat. Two. I thought it was a neat 
puzzle element. Uh, it's basically the way it works is that there are these Nordic runes. The game takes place in Norse mythology, which was you know tick and tick in my box because I love that shit. Uh, and so occasionally throughout the game, you'll have to match up Nordic runes with your environment. And so like there will be like these like beams of wood, for example, that are placed in a way that if you only view it from a specific angle does it look like the nordic rune you were trying to to find and then once you view it then it unlocks the path for you and i thought that was a really cool idea but actually doing it was not always the most fun thing no i honestly had to look up a few of them because i just couldn't find them yeah some of them took me fucking forever you know but actually i think i think it, it i think overall it's a neat puzzle mechanic because it actually plays into that i this overarching theme of psychosis like you're attributing this yeah. super significant meaning to things that are probably meaningless, but just happen yeah. to look like something. Exactly. And so, so in that regard, away. in that regard, it serves the larger purpose of the game. And I thought it was awesome. You know, it's like, and the combat, like you said, starts off pretty slow, but I think the more you play it and the longer the game goes on, uh, the more exciting it gets because they throw more and more enemies to you at you. And so like, you have to be quick with your actions and you have to be selective with what you are doing, but it all plays out so frenetically that it was like, it ended up, the combat ended up being really fun for me and eventually really stressful. Um, oh yeah. And this game is supposed to make you stressed, which <laughs> it, does, it does a very good job of. And because the, the primary mechanic of this game that they throw at you from the beginning is the rot. And so we, which we haven't talked about up till now. So the rot is this, uh, there's this black, like, you know, virus or whatever, the rot on Senua's hand. And as you play the game, the more times you die, the further up Senua's arm, the rot will reach. And the game tells you if the rot reaches Senua's head, you lose. Your save file is deleted and you have to start and the game over yeah. from the beginning. And that hanging over your head the whole time adds a, le a level of stress but tension and anticipation and it's tantalizing, dude. Because like every time I died, I felt my heart skip a beat. Where it's like, oh, fuck. How, how many more times am I able to get away with this before I die? Yeah, that's there's, exactly... there, there's no... There really is no good indicator on how many times that's going to take. Yeah. And so, can I tell you a little industry secret? Sure. The the you will never it, the rot will never will never kill you. It's not real. Oh, so they just tell you that. Yeah, but yeah. they tell you, but they tell it to you, and it's such a masterful trick, right? Like, because it it does exactly what it needs to do, which is induce that stress on you. But like yeah, you know, you they're a game enough. they're a game developer. They're never gonna actually do that to you. Yeah. Right. So like. I thought that was a really, really funny and sly trick that they did. And, like, but initially, I, and like, because I was trying to keep track of it as I played, and I was like, there's no way I've died enough times to do this. But towards the end of the game, I was dying a lot because it gets a little harder and harder. And it's just, it, it was great, you know? Yeah, it's just overall. So should we get into a little bit of the story while we talk about mechanics? That's true. I forgot about the story, which is kind of the main, you know, framework for how this game operates. Basically, yes. oh, if you want to go for it. Sure. So basically, the story of it is Senua is on a quest because she is not actually like part of the Norse culture. She's like remembering these stories from a friend of her who has told her all these myths. But her lover, Dillian, was killed by Norse raiders. Yes. And so she full heartedly believes that his soul is in the hands of Hela, the goddess of death. 
from the Norse mythology. So this entire thing is her quest to venture into Helheim, the realm of the dead in Norse mythology, and go save her lover's soul. Because she, she's carrying around his severed head the entire time. And yeah. this is where like the overall theme of the game gets really awesome, too, because with the overarching theme being psychosis, you're not really sure if this is all in her head or not. Exactly. There's so many sequences, too, where you are like you're either talking to some spirit or just a voice in her head or you're traversing through a landscape and it's and you genuinely can't tell what is reality. And they even play with that in some of the puzzle mechanics. There's one area of the game, uh, I think Valravin's area, where it's. You yeah, like have every... to, there are these gates that exist in the in the landscape and walking through the gates or even just looking through them will change something in the environment like a set of stairs will appear somewhere where they weren't previously and it's it really plays into the perception part of it and the reality and i love it yeah so like the first part of the game uh, has you go face off against two gods valravin and cert god yep. of illusion and fire respectively and you have to defeat them claim their marks to gain access to helheim yeah and i will say both of those areas are really unique and before i or like after i finished those areas i was like oh i like that they actually like threw in some different elements to it because surter's area wasn't the most fun for me because you had to do uh essentially the the nordic rune puzzles and then there were these areas where the land the earth was on fire and you have to run through the fire to get to wherever you're going next and it was basically just a timed thing where you have to sprint from from point a to point b and if you don't get there in enough time then you die yeah uh but the the boss fights against surter and Valravin were awesome very just thematically like very visually appealing they were thematically appealing they were mechanically appealing i really enjoyed the like the twists they that they took on the the combat system because up until those points you were just fighting against these normal grunts you know yeah and then like these guys are actually doing like different interesting things yeah so it was very cool yeah yeah so this entire time she's also like remembering the stories of the Norse mythology from her friend, whose name I cannot remember, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, fuck. What was his name? I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah, well, if you play the game, you'll figure it out. But basically, there's this friend of hers who was a slave on Norse ships, and that's where he learned all of these stories and came to kind of revere the Norse gods for their power. But yeah, basically, and it also, like, throughout the entire game, you also learned that Senua's mother also had this affliction. yeah. Like they don't, since this is the Middle Ages, no one really knows about psychosis yet. Right. <laughs> so it's referred to as she's exactly advanced. So it's like she's referred to as cursed almost. Everyone thinks she's cursed. So she can commune with spirits. Mm. So like the entire game is also her mental struggle of will she succumb to this curse or is she going to fight through it? Yeah, which is or visually is she, represented she, by the rot. Yeah, exactly. And there's also like the voices in your head that are like pointing out things in the overworld for you to interact with like does she trust them mm. no it's it's this amazing blending of like a real world medical thing with you know how it would be represented back then yeah but uh it's, just, it's very in like, very mature theme but also a very interesting way to do it yeah, I mean, I thought that the that the imagery they used in this game was was very astute and harrowing at times. Like, I think one of the areas at the end of the game, you said you haven't beaten it, but you're pretty close. I'm basically at the end. Yeah, it's like the 
the area the of the I'm... game where you are traversing through essentially hell and there's just like piles of bodies that oh, you're, it's, you're it's, like walking through a river of blood and like it's, it's effectively it is very uh, astutely called the sea of corpses yeah well hey yeah there you go is that like a norse mythology thing or did they specifically mention it in this game i think uh, i looked up i was looking up a guide to figure out how close i was to the end and it's referred to as the sea of corpses Ah, okay well either way it, it, it was might, i'm yeah it was a very cool area a very you know disturbing area and it worked really well for what the game was trying to do you know and that was especially that was right after so how the story goes is she eventually does defeat Volrava and Sert and gain access to Helheim. But the minute she tries to go to the door, Hela pretty much destroys the bridge. Yeah. And then she has to undergo these trials from Odin to gain access to Glamour. Glom? Whatever the sword's name is. Yeah. Grom. Norse name. Yeah. I think it's Grom. But uh, basically the sword can kill gods, you know. So we're, you know, according to mythology, but again, who knows if this is in Senua's head or not? We're not sure. We're not supposed to know. Exactly. Ugh. So she goes to these trials and then ventures into Helheim. And, you know, at this point, like, a lot of the trials are still these rune puzzles where you have to look into the environment. So that was my only big takeaway is that I didn't like is just that it's the same puzzle over and over again, just flavored yeah. differently. Yeah, that from a gameplay perspective, I agree. Uh, but I do like the, boring. yeah, for sure. And I wish, it, I think it would have been made a little bit better if there was a faster sprinting option because there is technically yeah. a run button, but it is not fast. Yeah. It like is, the run in this game is like the pacing you'd expect at a normal walking speed. A light jog. Yeah. You know, like, like, I expect, I expect that of like my normal walking speed in a game at this point. Yeah. And so I, I think that that kind of bogged down the experience a little bit. Um, but in terms of, of buying into the entire experience, I was like, okay, this is probably a very manufactured and intentional decision. So I'm, yeah, it's like, it's meant to be like slower and more methodical. Like, yeah. Logged down. Exactly. But aside from the rune puzzles, I did find the other like more set piece elements to be extremely interesting. Like the puzzle where like, cause a lot of the gameplay sections that aren't just normal combat or puzzles, like attack your senses and your perception of the world and it is like it's so good like there was one area where they like there's it's it's darkness but you're safe in the light and while you're in the darkness it's like it feels like there's a million creatures about to close in on you like the the sounds that it plays and the like the visuals that appear in the corners of your screen it really yeah, fills you with fear yeah, it's part of the reason the game, when you open it up, actually tells you this is best experienced with a headset. It also to get the full effect it also gives you a warning at the beginning that's like, hey, this game is not for the faint of heart. Like, yeah, this game will fuck you up mentally. Yeah. So. And then there was one other section, I believe, right after that, where there's these like shambling, multi-legged, hairy beasts that will attack you if they hear you. So you have to like really sneak through and you, but you can't see very well and they're hidden in the darkness. So like sometimes they will just narrowly cross your path in front of you and they're spooky guys. So yeah, it's like, like at some point you intentionally can't get by without getting close to one. Yeah. And it's, uh, dude. And it's, it's around the edge. Like the, uh, the, the audio heightens, it gets louder and louder. Oh, so like you yeah, think dude. it's going to pounce, but it never does. Yeah, it's uh, every creative decision they made with this game was was nearly impeccable. Spot I on. It. Yeah, spot on. 
yeah, like really the only big drawback I had was the pacing sometimes felt a little bit off and it was a little bit repetitive at times with all the rune puzzles. It's a very interesting puzzle. I just didn't want to do like four of them in a span of 20 minutes, you know? Yeah, because sometimes the, uh, the, the rune doors will require you to find three different runes, but you can only look for them in a specific order, but it doesn't really tell you that. Not that you can get them in any order. I, I, I'm not sure, because there were a lot of instances where I was pretty sure I found the second or third rune, and it wouldn't let me view them until I had found the first rune. But I might, oh, okay. I, there, it's, I could very well be making that up. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like sometimes like they just throw another puzzle to like slow down the pace of the game. Kind of feels like like there's no reason this door should be blocked. But yeah, like are. like maybe just padding. Yeah, like know? make it last a little longer. Yeah, but I think uh, how does the story go from there? She she forges glamour and then uh, confronts Hella. Right, that's basically well, it. She gets into hell, and then the yeah. sequence you're talking about with like jumping through the light—that's with Fenrir. Ah, the yes, that's that right. Another Hellheim. Another really fun boss fight. Oh, that fuck that wolf, <laughs> dude! I know it's there's the end of the game got really tough. I was yeah. very frustrated after a certain point. I was like, okay, I just need this to end. But it, but that's yeah. the thing. That's exactly how the game wants you to feel. Mm-hmm. So it did like, its it job. <laughs> Like, you are literally in hell right now. We're not making this easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is just part of the design choice. Because the, the entire point of this is just to go kill hell and reclaim her lover's soul. Yeah. But it's it ends up being a futile endeavor. You know? Yeah. Like, it's impossible like, to do. And she ends up, I believe, getting to Hela or some manifestation of it. And the way the game ends, spoilers, I guess even though we've basically d- talked about the game entirely spoiled at this point. Um, but the way, like there is no final boss quote unquote, Hel- you just, you confront Hela and Hela sends a horde of enemies after you that is endless. And in order for you to end the game, you have to die. Yeah. You have to give in. Yeah. So I was just like, this works, you know, it's, it was such a, it was such a great experience i think yeah the entire game is just one unfolding gigantic visual metaphor yeah and it's like it's just it does it perfectly yeah you know as for how it stands as a video game leaves a little bit of room for desire but yeah at times i was thinking like this would have been better off as like maybe a film or like a true visual novel yeah like if you could experience the sounds and the the visuals but without having to actually solve puzzles or, or like, you know the do story, combat then yeah the story in effect would be just as well without having all the puzzle elements that basically just slow it down yeah because sometimes i was standing there for 10 20 minutes trying to figure out something and i'm like okay i could have beaten this game by now if i didn't if i wasn't stuck on this yeah like I keep saying, that's my only drawback here. Just like it felt like some of it was forced in there for making it a game. Yeah, but I still I thoroughly enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, oh yeah, it was a great game to play. Yeah, I think Jeff and Derek had very similar thoughts. Jeff told me he had three distinct thoughts. Do I remember them? Not exactly. He I know he said it's an it's a very artsy game, <laughs> uh, and he didn't enjoy playing it a super ton, uh, like a lot. But he gave it a three out of five. 
That okay. was that was his takeaway from it. I'm sorry, Jeff. I told you to send it to me in writing. I told you I wouldn't remember. <laughs> uh, what about Derek? What are Derek's thoughts? Uh, Derek said four out of five. Really enjoyed it. Story, combat, and overall themes. Yeah, so, the combat. I don't think we it, talked about the combat a lot. It's keeping it's just it very, succinct. Yeah, I don't think we talked about the combat a lot. It's just very basic combat. You've got a sword. You swing it. You yeah. Can, kind of like dodge out of the way or kick yeah them. you have a light attack you have a heavy attack you have a parry you have a block you have a dash but i think it works very well yeah it's it's i think it's kept like specifically simple yeah so adam like, if you, you had to oh sorry finish up oh yeah like it doesn't need to be for what this game is doing it's more about telling the story so the combat is there for like you know having to fight the rot like i think to have that extra metaphor of like you got to keep fighting this absolutely kind of thing but yeah, the combat is, I think, almost intentionally not made you know, super difficult to get the hang of. Yeah. And until you fight Fenrir, then fuck that wolf. Out of all of the like core video gamey elements of it, I think that the combat is my favorite. Oh yeah, in terms of actually playing a game, the combat was very fluid and it just worked well. Yeah. Like there's there's no real drawback to the combat where I'm thinking like you know this is dumb or this is unfair or unbalanced. It just works incredibly well. And like, yeah, in regards to puzzles too, the puzzles still work very well with the story. I just wish there were less of them is the problem. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Or at least I wish, like, I loved that there were as many puzzles as there were, but I wish they would replace them with more unique puzzles because when more unique puzzles appeared, I really enjoyed them. But the fact that it was the same ones over and over is the part that kind of got to me. Yeah, when you you do the same puzzle five times in a row, it kind of takes away the effect of, oh, that was a cool puzzle I had to solve. Indeed. Like, at a certain point, you just walk up to them like, oh, another one of these. So, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Like, if there's a little more variety to the puzzles, I wouldn't mind the frequency of them. Yeah. Just, you know, make it a little more dynamic instead of I have to scour this area again for this one random shape where I have to look at it at a very specific angle or I won't see it. Yep. But to their credit, they also give you clues because when you're looking for the rune, it, uh, the true. rune you're looking through, will, it will flash red across the screen all throughout your vision if you're getting right. close to where it is. So which it doesn't is, leave which you is another thing that plays into the psychosis element. Yeah, like, which is like oh, it's here, it's here. Yeah. Like sometimes it's as simple as like, oh, these two pieces of wood are at such an angle where it kind of looks like it or the shadow is doing it. And it's like I said in the beginning, it's that idea of attributing this grand meaning to things that are most likely pointless and just so happen to look like that. Yeah, I absolutely love that side of the game. That, that was an amazing little addition that I think just it fits the theme so well. Absolutely. So let's wrap this up because I think you know, this is a pretty short game and I think we've mostly hit on every aspect yeah, you of can, it. If you know, if you know what you're doing and not dying, you can clear it in like what, six, seven hours. Yeah. I think tops. my final play time was somewhere around eight, but yeah, so. it's, it's not incredibly long, but it's definitely a, a worthy uh, game to play for looking for something a little. Absolutely. If this is your vibe, absolutely. If you're looking for, yeah, this... you know, maybe just like a quick run in, kill some dudes and run out, then maybe, maybe stay game. away from this yeah. one. This, this one will make you think a little bit. This yeah. It's, it's very good. If this is your vibe, definitely play it. If you just want something a little more like unique and interesting, definitely give this a shot too. Especially if you got Game Pass because it's on there. Absolutely. So real quick before we finish up, I do want to go over some accolades for it because I remember one of the reasons I was particularly excited about this game is because the 2017 Game Awards was the first Game Awards I watched and this got brought up a lot. So I was very curious about it. 
And that was the thing that made me want to watch future game awards and pay attention to what games uh, to play, you know, because I was like, I haven't played any of these games that are getting nominated for all these awards, right? So yeah. for the 2017 game awards, uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice was nominated for Best Narrative and Best Independent Game. Uh, and it was the winner for Best Audio Design, Best Performance, and Games for Impact, which I think every yeah, single totally one of those, it deserves. Easily deserved. Yeah, easily deserved. Yeah. Like if you're, you're trying to tackle such like a, like a sensitive topic like that, and like it was done in a very, I think, tasteful way. Absolutely. Yeah. There was really no way that they could have offended anyone with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so closing thoughts. Like we're going to give it a score now. Is that what we're yeah. doing? Yeah. Give me, give me your closing thoughts and the score. Uh, overall, it's a fun game to play. Definitely still have to go beat the final thing, you know, do the, do the final challenge. Oh, dude, the the last Fenrir fight took me a long time. Oh, it's so bad, but yeah, the story was just like I, I would honestly just watch a movie based on that story. Me too. Like, it's just a great story. It does some game elements very well. I mean, like I keep saying, only complaint I have about it is just a tad repetitive at times. But I can't really fault it too much on that because the puzzles that even though they are repetitive, they're also they work so well in the story. It's not just an arbitrary puzzle. That's there for the sake of having a puzzle. Yeah. So I'm I'm giving it four out of five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that while no single area of this game really shines, or there, you know, there's no one specific area of this game that that like is that goes above and beyond. But all of the pieces come together in a way that serves the larger purpose of the game, and I think it does that beautifully. So I'm also giving it a four. All right. Uh, and I believe that aggregating the rest of our scores will mean that overall the game sharks podcast gives this game a four out of five yep so awesome i'm really glad that we got to play this one uh the sequel was originally scheduled to come out this year but currently it is delayed to i think just next year so oh i didn't even know they were doing a sequel yeah it's called hell it's called senua's saga hellblade 2 uh, oh. And you bet your damn ass it's going to be on Game Pass, so we better play it. Uh, heck yeah, I'll play it. Oh, I will absolutely I'm play it. Here's to see what they do with the story. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, after this game, one, go for it. There's a one little detail we forgot to mention. I think so. In the beginning of the game, there are many, many voices in her head. But don't isn't it as you go progressing the story, there are fewer and fewer. Is that true? I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of felt like there were less and less as we went along. If that is, if that's the case, then that is a very neat touch as well. But I didn't I didn't particularly I pick thought, up on that. I, I thought I read something about that where like in the final fight there's only one voice. Oh, okay. Maybe it happens so gradually you never actually pick up on it yeah, until right? it's pointed out. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that. But that's really cool if it is. Yeah, I thought that was just something I read somewhere because I was looking into the game too. Yeah. So But that leaves us with one thing to do which is to pick the next game of the Backlog Power Hour, which will uh, likely get around to next year. Uh, very <laughs> yeah, which busy, is in like a month and a half. Very busy season, both in video games and, and outside of them for us coming up. So hey, It's the holidays. What are you going to do? All right. I have the list on my phone in front of me, and I'm going to hit randomize right now. All right. And the game is Final Fantasy Tactics. Congratulations, oh. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff will be very <laughs> Jeff, excited for that. I'm, I'm pretty sure Jeff has already started playing it. Uh, hmm. Oh, you mean played it like seven times already? No, Jeff has no. So Jeff has played Final Fantasy Tactics Advance before. 
Oh, but okay. this gotcha. this is the original Final Fantasy Tactics, but he has already started playing it, so he'll be very excited to yeah. actually he'll focus be, on it now. Yeah, he'll be over the moon. So yeah, so exciting stuff. Heck yeah! But that is going to just about do it for us at the Game Strikes Podcast. Uh, if you want to send us any emails and tell us about how wrong we are about shit, you can send those over to GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our yeah, I'd love to be wrong. <laughs> our show art is done by Sam Lopes, and our music is done by Matt Ferrara. You can check out our beautiful friend Jose's stream at twitch.tv slash haywire underscore J. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. We likely won't be back until well after. Uh, we're going to talk about Halo probably. Um, yeah, I have to go do some life things. Exactly. So with that, we are Finn. And outro music.